CJ here to ask you to go to spacebearmedia.com right now to access all our content, buy yourself some merch, and most importantly, send us a message, a question, fan mail, even hate mail. We'll respond on YouTube. Also, please remember to rate and review the podcast on your favorite app or share it with someone you know who loves Lost. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's Lost in My 40s, Season 5, Episode 7. It's called The Life and Death of Jeremy Bentham, and it's a Locke episode, and it's a Derek episode. But first, how's everybody doing this week? Great. Fantastic. All righty. Ben, could you please... Update us on the power rankings after episode six. And please stop mentioning Aaron because I can't take it anymore. (laughs) Well, then I'll just skip third from the bottom and go straight to second from the bottom. (laughs) We have Frogert with negative 29 points. Uh, And at the bottom, we've got Charles Widmore standing firm with negative 32 points. At the top, we have Locke in third place. 29 points Sawyer in second place with 37 points and Dan Faraday in first place with 53 points literally no changes in the top three from the previous week Dan Faraday has been in first place this entire season right from episode one he has held the top spot all right Dan I guess that's yours to lose shall we explore the life and death of Jeremy Bentham Derek? Let's do it. it. All right. We shall. Okay, so we're on Hydra Island in 2007, and the episode opens in a dark office. The door creaks open, and a man sneaks into the room to inspect what's there. Moonlight illuminates through the blinds, showing him to be the same man who gave condolences to Jack and sat near Hurley on Flight 316. So there's your question answered. I told you it would be quick this week. (laughs) So he flips on a light to find chemical bottles, glassware, textbooks, and a human anatomy chart on a desk. He finds a flashlight that works and takes it before leafing through a Life magazine from April 16th, 1954, on the cover of which is an exploding hydrogen bomb. He then breaks the lock on a cabinet and pulls out a file, and inside is a map to the Tempest that resembles the one used earlier by Charlotte and Faraday. Large swaths of land are marked unknown, and hieroglyphs are on the open ocean. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. The next piece of paper examined shows a network of nodes, one marked event A and another marked event B. And there are lines linking the nodes labeled space, time, real time, imaginary space, and imaginary time. Man, wow. that, is, that is some scientific <laughs> shit yeah, right there. S- <laughs> that, that is um, some Dan Faraday type uh, science. That's 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 Imaginary a more that's like a moron's idea of what of what smart <laughs> things look like. Yeah, if you turn it over, it probably says flat earth on it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Imaginary <laughs> the same earth. Thing. 
It's yeah. probably Dr. Chang's stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it probably like, actually is, right? Because this is this is an office and he was a boss. Although we're on Hydra Island and we have yet to see Dr. Chang on Hydra Island, I think. Right? True. As far as we know. Yeah. Yeah, not yet. Or, I mean, who knows? Any of those things, I guess, could have been filmed in Hydra Island, but yeah. I suppose that's true, yeah. I guess we just don't know for sure that his office would have been on Hydra Island. Yeah. So the drawings look slightly like what we've already seen in Daniel Faraday's notebook. The man looks up to see a sawed-off shotgun attached to the underside of a desk. He grabs it and finds that it's fully loaded. He puts it in his bag just as a woman's voice says Caesar. She enters, and it's the woman we saw escorting a handcuffed Saeed on flight 316. Caesar says, Alana, what's up? She wants to know if he found anything useful. He removes the flashlight from his bag, shines the light in her eyes, and then tosses it over, saying she can have it. Oh, Alana, so he doesn't, he doesn't mention the shotgun, though, does he? Yeah, because she did ask, uh-huh. um, what did you, mm-hmm. what's in your bag? And so he pulled out the flashlight instead of the shotgun. Yeah, because she saw him, I guess, like at the right. last second, putting the shotgun something in. something in the back, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that immediately makes me suspicious of Caesar. Like, why would you lie that you've right. yeah, gone? Yeah. So Alana says, we found someone, a man. Roxanne was scouting just south of here, and he was just standing in the water. He's wearing a suit. Uh-oh. <laughs> Who's wearing a suit, guys? Yep. Another guy wandering around the island in a suit. What did you think, uh, Derek? Did you think it was maybe Christian Shepard, since he's the other guy yes. walking around the island yep. in a suit? Yeah. I think that was what they were so- trying to make you think. Yeah. yeah. So moments later, Elana and Caesar trekked down a large gravel clearing at night, past a wreck of the very intact crash landed flight 316 <laughs> yeah, man, it's that... like it just it's like it just like softly landed in the yes. bushes <laughs> yeah who was that who was that pilot that landed that, yeah. that shit in the hudson what was his name Sully. oh Sully. 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 Yeah. Sully. Sully. that's that's he must, he must be lapidus and lapidus and sully were on that flight yeah he was a co-pilot <laughs> See if, if Sully, Sully learned everything he knew from Lapidus. Absolutely, uh, obviously. And if Lapidus had been on the <clears throat> original Oceanic Flight Eight Fifteen, they probably just would have calmly landed in yep, uh, the yep. bushes. I guess. Yep. <laughs> ditching an ocean, yeah, ditching a, a jet is very difficult. Yeah, uh-huh. especially in one piece. Yeah, especially you know when your wings are filled with fuel and stuff like that. It makes and then they're all made of like aluminum with like yeah, that's just yeah. Yeah. Did you guys see? Did you see uh, Alaska Airlines? Like they spent out, they sent out a special message. Uh, maybe that multiple you didn't see. I Boeings got, have been found with that problem. Yeah, oh, Boeing, I got an Boeing, email. Boeing. I got an email actually from Alaska Airlines because I have their miles card. I have their credit card, and that's why I fly free all over the damn place. Um, but. <laughs> So I got like, you know, special message from the CEO, like, hey, we're going to not kill you, maybe. But um, apparently the guy's like, oh, so we checked the rest of our fleet and we found many loose bolts. Many. That's all they said. Many. Many. Well, those are fixed now. Okay, great. But like, does that. What else is wrong? Does that inspire confidence? That right. like this one thing happened and you checked and there was all kinds of shit messed up because now I'm like, well, what else is messed well, up? Remember the max, <laughs> the max eight there. was the plane that crashed. Two of them crashed because of um, yeah. autopilot issues, computer issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what the- there was a Boeing seven thirty seven that was a Virgin Atlantic 
um, flight, and one of the passengers noticed missing fucking bolts on oh, the wing. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, four yeah. bolts. They said those weren't important, though. What? They literally said, yes, the, they did get everyone off the plane, but they said all oh, those bolts were basically redundant. Like, what was it like an Ikea plane and somebody yeah. you oh know, had God. extra fucking parts? <laughs> I, you know what? I am pro redundancy when it comes to an well, most of them are triple and quadruple redundant yeah, nowadays. You have to be like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I flew this last week, and typically I I would fly Alaska, but when I when I was booking my travel, I looked at it, and it was it said the only things that were available in the times that I wanted were the seven thirty seven. Max, max nines or whatever else are max eights, and I was like, nope. So I ended up flying yeah, Delta. Yeah, I mean, I don't think my I don't think my problem is is really with Alaska so much as like what no, in not. the fuck That's is Boeing. going on with Boeing? Yeah. Like, what and the- oh, they also had an issue with that plane, or nothing. It was a, the Dreamliner where the battery, if it like got too discharged, the plane would reboot. Oh, oh my, god. God. yep, Jesus. Oh yeah, Boeing oh my is God. Airbus is a much better manufacturer. They're based in you know, France, I believe. Yeah, I was at I the mean, actual. At this point, I'd have yeah. to agree with you. I was at the actual unveiling of the Dreamliner at Boeing because my ex-husband, my second husband, the lunatic alcoholic one, he did he build planes? What, no, he he <laughs> painted them. Oh. That's what he did for a living, not just planes. He, um, he used to paint the space shuttle, too. Oh, wow. Um, well, if they and, would hire somebody like him, then they would hire assholes to put the planes together, too. <laughs> Actually, that's true, because he went to work drunk every day. Um, yeah. But, Maybe he's like, but, oh, let me take this bolt. What will this do? But he painted the original first Dreamliner, and so I got to go to like the unveiling of it at Boeing in the big, giant... uh a hangar, thank you. I almost said warehouse. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> um, in the hangar with, I think it was the Japanese that bought the first one. And so there were like Japanese delegates and like it was this huge fancy thing. And I'm just, I'm thinking about it now. All of the fanfare that like went in to this airplane that apparently doesn't work anyways. So, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. This is the shit. This is the shit that happens to corporations when it's uh, profit, profit, profit. Profits have to go up. We need to get to cut corners, cut corners, cut corners. And that is why this entire country and like the whole fucking world is falling apart right now. Because, including planes. Uh, yeah, including They're planes. They're literally capitalism. falling apart. Yeah. Exactly. Christy, late stage capitalism. That is what is happening. Oh, my God. It's time for a revolution, guys. Also okay, the rest- so. <laughs> also the rest of this episode. <laughs> it took us one paragraph to get to revolution. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. We haven't even gotten to the title screen yet. No, we haven't. Nope. Nope. So while walking, they have a conversation about the mystery man. Alana tells him nobody recognizes him and that he couldn't be one of the passengers who disappeared from the plane because he wasn't on it. So he did disappear. Mm, yes, that answers that too. Right. They just yep. mentioned like the, they just disappeared. Yeah. So only, this is interesting because it was only Hurley, Jack, and Kate that disappeared. Because in a minute, we're going to learn about the outriggers that were taken. And I'm assuming who they're talking about is Son. And that she did not disappear with them, which is interesting, right? Yes. Yeah. Huh. So Caesar wants to know if the man said anything. And Ilana says, you can ask him yourself. The camera view changes to an aerial shot, and it appears that the plane is just to the side of a gravel clearing where it crash landed. 
Caesar and Alana make it to the beach where about a dozen survivors sit around a roaring campfire. The ghost of Froger can be heard weeping. <laughs> <laughs> what fire! He got a fire! Finally got fire! <laughs> Sitting next to the fire is a figure draped in a blanket that is covering their head. Caesar kneels before the figure and says, Hello. A male voice responds in kind, and Caesar introduces himself and asks the mystery man his name. The man removes the blanket from his head, and the fire illuminates his face. He says, My name is John Locke. But you can call me Jesus. And I've been been sober for 14 days. (laughs) (laughs) And now we make it to the lost title screen. What what did you think, Derek? What happened in that moment for you? I don't know. But again, like when I was, you know, Christian Shepherd wandering around after being in a box, figured a flock can do it too. Yeah. Yeah, What is that about? Interesting. Hmm. Well, he is Jesus. He's resurrected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's it's now the morning of day two for the Ajira crew, and Locke stands alone on the beach with his feet in the waves. He's staring across the water at another island, the island. Alana walks up, offers him a mango breakfast, and introduces herself. Locke says his name is John and asks about the two outrigger canoes pulled ashore. She says they were already here when they crashed, and they're used to be used to be three but the pilot and some woman took one in the middle of the night right okay, so that's so the pilot is obviously lapita yeah yes. and the woman would be son right because who else knows that you should go yeah. to the other island right. in order to do anything right i mean son and lapita know each other why would he take off with anyone else true yeah because yeah we know where the other woman is that knows and she's you know on the island right that's what i'm saying hey. now of course it could just be that we didn't see Sun pop out of the plane and to somewhere else on the island, but it just seems to me like, why would Lapidus take off with anyone else? Right. Yeah. So it has to be her. Right? Yep. Christine, I mean, unless looks he, like she's unless not he buying found, it. He found, um, he found some woman that he's into and he just went off on a midnight yeah. cruise, you know? He's, oh, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> slick like that. Romantic cruise. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're, you're, you're, about to, you're about to go out and, and, and go on a date Lapidus style. Yeah, we just crash landed a plane and arrived a plane crash. Let's go on a date. (laughs) What were you thinking, Christy? I'm just not fully convinced that it was Sun because we also don't know where Saeed is right now. That's true. And in the the dark, he that hair he he could look like a woman with that hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Christy's not convinced. I guess we'll have to wait and see. So Locke wants to know if there's a passenger list from the plane, and then says. This is the best mango he's ever eaten. Alana I mean, says I guess Caesar, it would, would be after you were dead. Probably anything you eat is going to be the best thing yeah. you've ever eaten. No, hey, after, you're, you're after you're dead, after you're dead, the only thing that tastes good is brains. Brains! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Alana says Caesar has the list, but nobody remembers Locke on the aircraft. Locke says, well, I don't remember being on it either. Alana wants to know what he does remember, and Locke says, I remember a lot. She wonders if he remembers why he's dressed in a suit. He says he doesn't remember, but can wager a guess that it's a suit they were going to bury him in. What? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> the only time you wear a suit is if you're going to be buried? Yeah, Alana's like, oh, I see. So you're a crazy person. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, confused, Alana says, sorry. And Locke replies, you asked if I remembered. I remember dying. 
A surprised and even more confused Alana walks away while a smirking Locke tries to remember more. <laughs> a Locke, <sighs> if you wanted to fuck Alana, I think you probably just lost your opportunity with yeah. that with that little uh-huh. uh, with that little showing. Yeah, she was considering it. He's a handsome fella, and then he says, yeah. "Oh, yeah, this is the suit I was to be buried in." Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> dead. <laughs> All right, so we get to the only flashback in the episode, and Locke is in the wheelchair chamber with Christian Shepard, and we rewatch part of the scene from episode five. The wheel is creaking, and a greenish light is pouring out around it. Christian says, good luck, John, and Locke rips the wheel. He lifts and pulls it back. The light engulfs the room, and the buzzing and humming can be heard. A surprised Locke turns to Christian and says, who says, say hello to my son? Locke says, who is your son? But before he can get an answer, the light and sound overtake everything. And he ends up in Tunisia three years after the Oceanic Six left the island. So that must be like some kind of exit point for the island. Indeed. So Locke lies on the ground with his eyes closed and the white light fades away. He awakes with a start to find himself alone on the desert. He spits some grit out of his mouth and cries as he looks at his leg. Yeah, it's bad. It is nasty. I don't know how he even took a couple of steps to turn the stupid wheel with his leg like that. That's a really good point, because it would just, like, fold. Right. Yeah. It would not have supported his body at all. At all, no. no. He would have had to just hop, if anything. Hop and drag his leg across the floor. That's awful. (laughs) The bone is exposed and it looks gnarly. Just then, Locke looks up to see a pole topped by a security camera because there's always security cameras in the middle of the desert. Yep. Yeah. Well, that wasn't there before, was it? <laughs> no, Looking it was out not. for sandworms. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> a series of wooden poles carry the cord for power away into the open desert. Locke cries out, If anybody's there, can you help me? Um, he's moaning in pain and nobody answers his call. So now it's not. Speaking nighttime, of sandworms. I just saw the new preview for Dune Part 2. There's an extended preview out, and it shows Paul riding the worm, and it's fucking great. I'm yeah. so All excited. I can think about when I hear sandworms is graboids. Graboids, exactly. <laughs> yeah, hello. <laughs> uh, not quite the same sandworms, but um, obviously... Uh, Tremors is a, a fucking gem of a film. It is a classic. The original yeah. Absolutely. I love that movie. <laughs> One of the, like, the best low-budget movies ever made. Fuck yeah. So good. <laughs> Anywho, Dune Part 2 is coming out and it looks sick as shit. Yeah. Fine, All Derek. Right, so keep going. <laughs> well, it's a, a phone or something. All right, what? so it's now nighttime and Locke is still in the same spot, alone and shivering. Suddenly, the sound of a vehicle approaching can be heard, and a pair of headlights can be seen in the distance. Locke is screaming, hey, 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 hey. (laughs) (laughs) and the truck stops just in front of him. Four armed Bedouin men exit the truck, and one shouts in Arabic, this is him. They grab Locke, who is screaming in pain because they're not, you know, caring about his leg, and put him in the truck before they drive off into the night. I want to point out. It looks like each one of them grabbed... Uh, like one of his appendages. So yeah, that must yeah. have hurt like hell. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. The guy with the leg is like, hey guys, I can't get this to work. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let me bend it. Yeah. I also, oh, wait, I also wanted, in a moment. 
want to note like when they drive up on him they go unnecessarily close to him and hit the brakes oh yeah, like, for, yeah, someone, yeah, the brakes. yeah. for somebody mm-hmm. who they're who we find out they're supposed to save they came really close to just crushing him it's yeah. not like sand you can stop on a dime yeah exactly it was just because the producers wanted us to think that that's how he was going to die mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. which would have been lame as shit yeah, that's that's seriously right. terrible death it's now sunrise, and we're in a small hospital with eight beds in one room. Three of the turbaned men carry Locke through the door. Locke is moaning in pain and asking where he is as a doctor points to know where he wants Locke. The men are speaking in Arabic the entire time, and one of them says, This is the man I've been telling you about. They plop Locke on a bed. Plop Locke. Plop Locke. <laughs> <laughs> plop Locke. Plop Locke. Lock. Yeah. <laughs> they plop him on a bed, and the doctor starts to examine his head and eyes. The doctor removes some pills from a cabinet and pours a glass of water because, you know, they're going to take effect like within a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I sort of the way I took it was like, oh, they're not a fancy enough hospital to even have injectables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, those beds look like they hadn't been cleaned in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole place didn't look like it's been cleaned in a long time. The doctor says in English, you swallow. He goes, no, I spit. I, I'm more of a spitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. No, I Do love I you. really I like the guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after he shoves the pills in his mouth, the Bedouin mask, his leg, his leg is broken. Took him this long to figure that out. <laughs> the doctor snaps, don't talk, and then hands off the water glass while he pushes Locke's jaw shut until he complies to swallows. So he they do killed that, like, him like a dog. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't he give the water to Locke to wash it down with? Uh, oh, because he yeah. killed so him like a dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Off in the distance of the hospital, behind a sheer drape, Locke sees a silhouette of a tall, dark-skinned man, and it's none other than Matthew fucking Abaddon. Hey, Pop he's it up. back. It's amazing to me how many people in this in this show have the middle name fucking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he likes to pop up in medical facilities too. Yeah, he does. Oh, he does. Yeah. So the doctor tells the men who brought Locke to hold him down. Locke is confused and struggling as the doctor shoves a big ass wooden bit into his mouth. He says, You bite. Bite. Uh-oh. I'm not uh. a biter. Locke screams mm-hmm. are muffled as the doctor drizzles an antiseptic on his leg wound, and the doctor moves to pull on Locke's leg, and this is going to be painful as fuck. This is brutal. Yeah. Yep. Locke is shaking his head vigorously in protest, but he can't move. The sound of crunching bone can be heard over Locke's muffled Ooh. screams as the doctor sets the broken leg. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Ouch. No. Locke looks frantically at the doctor, then the Bedouins, then the nurse. They all turn blurry, and the last thing Locke hears before losing consciousness is words spoken in Arabic. But this thing before antiseptic, that's how you got operated on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That scene is particularly like for me because I've had, I have broken my foot and been through three surgeries from it. And I just like brings back all of that pain when I watch the doctor said it that way, put a broken thing in your mouth and twist it. No, that did not happen. (laughs) Uh, There would be no way to set it because I shattered my heel bone into seven pieces. It It took 11 screws to put it back together. When I broke my toe, um, and I know this is nothing in comparison to what you had happened to you, or of course to what Locke had happened. Still but my a broken toe, bone. I know, and and my little toe was <clears throat> ninety degrees the wrong way. Yeah. Ooh. Um, and they didn't give me any pain medicine before they like grabbed the toe and 
put, pulled it oh, in place. Oh, oh. oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, and I'm like screaming, and she's like, when we're done here, I'll get you some, you know, I don't know what she said. Extra Tylenol. Yeah, this was a long time ago, so they were still giving out the good shit. Um, so she's like, yeah, when we're done here, we'll give you some Percocets. And I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was in I, a lot of pain. Uh, yeah. Well, when I broke my foot and it was shattered, they wouldn't give me pain medication until even in the ER until like the doctor saw me. But they sent in the radiologist with like a mobile um, x-ray machine to, I guess it wasn't the radiologist probably, but the radiology tech um, to do the the x-rays on the foot. And of course they had to keep manipulating it, turn it this way, turn it that way, mm. all of this stuff. And um, they had no idea how bad the break was at the time, but I was just, I was screaming and I called the guy a sadist at least like three times. <laughs> and and I was, was just like absolutely screaming. And then they take those. And then eventually the doctor comes back with the radiographs and he's like, wow, I like you really did a number on your foot. I've never seen a break this bad. Let me get you some pain medication. Meanwhile, I had been in the ER for like an hour already. And I was like, yeah, how about you do that? Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. Never seen a break this bad. Damn. Yeah. I actually had five surgeons tell me it was impossible to break my foot that way. Considering <laughs> that I jumped onto grass, and I was like, "Well, I'm, I'm afraid you are unclear in what the word impossible means." Because here I am. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Should have wrote to put you in a medical journal. The impossible <laughs> foot break. Was like here, hold my beer. Yeah. Uh-huh, something like that. <laughs> so it's nighttime again, and the desk lamp on Locke's bedside table is the only illumination showing a man sitting next to the bed. A familiar voice says, "John, John, wake up." Locke opens his eyes to see his leg is in an elevated sling. The familiar voice continues, you had a compound fracture. The doctors here did their best, but I had a specialist flown in to reset your leg properly. As the man pours a glass of water, he is revealed to be Charles fucking Widmore. Charles F. <laughs> Charles F. Widmore. Esquire. And can I just please say that Mr. Widmore was looking snazzy in his Indiana Jones getup. He actually was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I agree with that. He didn't have the hat, but he was looking kind of good in that rough, rough wear instead of seeing him in a suit. He says, it's nice to see you again, John. And Locke is confused and asks if they know each other. Widmore laughs a little and says, yes, I understand you being confused. Imagine how I feel. I met you when I was 17, and now all these years later, here we are. You you look exactly the same. My name is Charles Widmore. And Locke just goes, (laughs) wow. What? (laughs) We have a a wide-eyed Locke. And Widmore (gasps) continues, tell me, John, how long has it been since we first met? Since you walked into our camp and spoke to Richard. Locke tells him four days, and Widmore finds that incredible. Yeah, I would, too. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like someone breaking their foot in 11 places, or how many seven. other I shattered seven. into seven pieces. My yeah. heel bone. <laughs> <laughs> Locke wonders if the camera in the desert was Widmore's and asks, how did you know I'd be there? Widmore says, well, that's the exit. I was afraid Benjamin might fool you into leaving the island, as he did with B. I was their leader. They're not the others to me. They're my people. We protected the island peacefully for more than three decades, but then I was exited by him, just as you were. Exited? 
exit. You mean exile? Ex- exile. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying the word exiting. I don't I remember exited. that happening. Yeah. You don't remember what happening? Charles and, Whitmore um, getting exiled? Yeah. Because we haven't seen that yet. No, we haven't. All right. Yeah. Does he get this an episode? Is the, this is the first we hear that. Widmore was their leader and that he was exiled by Ben. This is new yep. information. Also, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> like, Widmore was the leader of the others and Ben mm-hmm. kicked him off the island? Holy shit. And they were protecting it from yeah, who? Yeah, from who I don't or know. what? Yeah. I mean, I do know, but that's fine. Locke insists he wasn't exiled, that he chose to leave. (laughs) He chose to exit himself. I was not exited. Widmore says, why would you do that, John? You come to bring them back, the ones who left. Locke denies this, but Widmore calls his bluff and says, I understand you lying to me. I do. But there's something you should know. All of your friends, all your friends who left the island, they've been back three years. Wow. They've gone back to their normal lives, and none of them have spoken a word of truth about where they were. Widmore hands Locke a London Daily Tribune from January 14th, 2005, and the headline says, Oceanic Six, Survivors Receive Heroes Welcome. Locke insists, I have to bring them back, and Widmore surprises him by replying, and I'm going to do everything in my power to help you do that. What? Huh? Widmore (laughs) helpful? As Widmore gets up to leave, Locke asks him why he wants to help, and Widmore leans into Locke and says, because there's a war coming, John, and if you're not back on the island when that happens, the wrong side is going to win. Whoa. Side. Or, mm. Hmm. Whoa. So now Locke and Widmore are outside, and Widmore has given Locke his new identity, Jeremy Bentham. Widmore says he was a British philosopher. Your parents had a sense of humor when they named you, so why can't I? <laughs> <laughs> That's facts. pretty funny. No, it's not fun facts. Uh, we'll oh. talk a little bit more about this at the end of the series when we talk about character names. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> he hands him an envelope and says, this should be enough money for now. The phone is international. And if you need to reach me for anything, just press two, three. The folder Alrighty. contains your people's whereabouts. Everyone that was on the island that left. I'm deeply invested in the future of the island, John. So, yes, I've been watching them. I wouldn't mention I'm involved in this. I can't imagine what they think of me having listened to Benjamin's lies. Or maybe you sent, like, a ship with commandos and <laughs> E4. And- yeah, you're like yeah, a, a yeah, minute ahead of lock here. People. You sent Creamy Kimi. I'm not sure. Yeah. I trust ah. <laughs> there is that. Locke is surprised that Widmore has been watching everyone and wants to know how he's supposed to know that Widmore isn't the one lying. Widmore replies, I haven't tried to kill you. Would you say the same for him? Well, he does have a point. Uh, (laughs) Locke stares at Widmore, who laughs and points out that Locke obviously doesn't trust him. Locke replies, you sent a team of killers and a boatload of C4 to the island. That doesn't exactly scream trust. I think Locke has a point. Well, (laughs) he got a point. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Whitmore claims he did it so Linus could be removed and Locke could lead the others, but Locke isn't buying it. Whitmore tells him that the island needs him and has for a long time. Locke wants Shwing! to know. I, oh, yeah. That's Locke. Locke, you can see the sheet starting to rise. <laughs> <laughs> Locke wants to know why Whitmore is acting like he's so special, and Whitmore says, because you are. Double showing. Pro- <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Flattery will get you everywhere, my friend. 
He's so easily manipulated. Oh, oh God, yeah. yes. Ah, well. <laughs> the car approaches and Woodmore calls it Locke's chariot. Locke blurts out, he said I would die. Richard Alpert. He said the only way to get them to come back is if I died. Whitmore replies, I don't know why he said that, but I'm not going to let that happen. This is Matthew Abaddon. He'll take you, not Matthew F. Abaddon, though. (laughs) He'll take you anywhere you need to go, protect you from whomever intends to do you harm. Locke turns to see Abaddon unfolding a wheelchair and see his face like, oh, boy, here we go. The damn wheelchair. (laughs) He nods and says, Mr. Locke. Before leaving, Whitmore says, good luck, John, and Godspeed. Wow. So Locke and Abaddon are now in a car. And Abaddon says, anything you need, Mr. Locke, you just let me know. Anything. Um, uh, give me a couple of prostitutes, a bunch of Oh, my God. <laughs> I've been on an island for all these years. Or actually, just weeks, months. Yeah, 108 from your- days. Well, no, I guess he's there a few more than that. 108 days is when the uh, Oceanic Six left. So uh, okay. it's been, what, several days? Well, it's hard to say. Three months. <laughs> yeah, I know. Keep- Time is... Fluid. Yeah. yeah, but what he said to Widmore, it had been four days since he ran into Widmore, and it was a few days before, so it's like a week or so? Yeah. yeah. That's imaginary time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I learned Anybody about f- that from a really, really smart piece of paper. Yes. <laughs> Anybody from your past you want me to look up for you? The whole world thinks you're dead, Mr. Locke. There must be somebody who'd be happy to see you. Actually not. Uh, well. Locke replies, please don't talk to me. Abaddon agrees to be quiet. Total <laughs> fucking silence. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Folds his arm in the back seat. Abaddon agrees. Rude. Yeah, the guy's what? helping him. I mean, at least, you know. So Abaddon agrees to be quiet as he stops the car for a second to let a goat cross the road, but then says, But we're almost at the airport, so you're going to have to at least tell me where we're going first. And Locke replies, Santo Domingo. <laughs> Aren't y'all going to the Dominican yeah. Republic? Yep. We, are. we are. And actually, when this episode airs, it will be exactly one month before we leave. Oh, okay. I wonder if Saeed will be there building houses. I hope so. One can you hope. Both can only hope, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so men are shouting in Spanish on a work site. So we are in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, and men are shouting in Spanish on a work site where homes are being built, and Saeed is on the rooftop hammering one of the beams, Giggity. which I think he was in the same position as the picture that was shown the lock, you know, when yeah, Whitmore right. was yeah showing the surveillance. Right. It's very, very slow moving construction there. Very. <laughs> <laughs> so someone shouts in Spanish to tell him that he has a visitor. Saeed turns his head to see Locke on the ground sitting in a wheelchair. Oh my gosh! Can you even imagine Saeed like the thoughts going through his head? I love how Locke sits there, just sort of slowly raises his hand to wave hi, and Saeed must be yeah. like. <laughs> Oh, not this fucking shit yeah, again. Here we go again. And I'm technically on an island right now. Shit. I, I, was, I, thought, it was, I thought it was my Uber order. You know, and it's fucking lock. <laughs> Moments later, the two men are sitting at a table and Saeed says, I don't believe this. You actually want me to go back? Locke asks Saeed to trust him, pleading that it's the only way to save their friends. Said says he's not going back to the island after spending two years being manipulated into thinking he was protecting the island. Locks wants to know who manipulates Said, and Said says, Ben, so who's manipulating you, John? Locke claims this is all coming from him and that Said should know in his heart that he was never meant to leave the island in the first place. Oh, boy. <laughs> 
Zaid replies, it's only because I left the island that I was finally able to marry the woman I loved. We spent nine years together. The best nine years of months. my life, John. That months. definitely says months twice. It's weird. Oh, yeah. Let me say that again. Oof. <laughs> 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 we spent nine months together. The best nine months of my life, John. That's what I know in my heart. Locke inquires about her whereabouts now, and Saeed tells him that she was murdered. Oof. Locke says he's sorry, and then Saeed wonders if he's so obsessed about going back because Locke has nowhere else to go. Ouch. Ouch. First of many burns. <laughs> Every, everywhere he goes, he just gets kind of read the riot act for being a loser. Oh, Locke. In this episode, it's really bad. Like, it's it's rough. It gets worse. Not, it gets in, the really really bad. not in the next. No, not the no, next. Not right. next but That's the only that. somewhat positive scene. Yeah. Yeah. As he heads through the West Coast, it gets especially brutal. Yeah. 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 But Locke ignores his comment and says, if you change your mind, I'll be staying under the name Jeremy Bentham in LA at the Westerfield Hotel. Saeed stands up and just before leaving, he says, and if you change your mind, you're welcome to come back here and do some real good. Goodbye, John. So now Damn. we're in now we're in New York, New York, and Locke and Abaddon are in a car parked on a busy street. Locke asks him if he can look up Helen just as a school bell rings. Kids are exiting school now, and Walt, 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 is among them. Locke asks for help out of the car and went outside. Abaddon says, so that's Michael Dawson's son, huh? Boy's gotten Walter big. Walter fucking Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> Walter, right. exactly. Walter, fuck, yeah. Walter fucking Dawson. I love how they, they work in a line like, boy's gotten big, because that was yeah. sort of the problem with keeping him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dad. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it didn't sound like his balls had totally dropped, but his, he was definitely no. in that voice-changing stage. Yeah, the cracking yeah. stage. Yeah, in this scene. <laughs> Walt sees Locke and tells his friends he'll be right back. Abaddon steps aside as Walt crosses the street, and Locke and Walt greet each other, and Locke notices that Walt doesn't seem to surprise to see him. And Walt says, I've been having dreams about you. You were on the island wearing a suit, and there are people all around you. They wanted to hurt you, John. Uh-oh. Because isn't he, like, on the island in a suit right now? Yep. Surrounded by people. Uh-oh. He then asks about his dad, and Locke tells him the last he knew he was on a freighter next to the island. Kind of left out the whole blowing up part, but yeah. 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 <laughs> Does Locke know the freighter blew up? Um, he probably does. I, does, I mean, so. does anybody? It, it, it's no, they don't ever he, really I mean, address no, it no, with him. True, because no, he's he, on he was, his he own was, journey. He was down on the orchid when all that shit happened. So, or on his way yeah. down there. No, but in the last episode, um, Jin shows up while they're on their way to the Ooh, orchid. Oh, yep, you're yeah, right. So, so he would have, have known to, there. Right. Okay, okay, so then he's so then he's sparing. That's him. right. Because I think you said yeah. the ship blew up. Yeah, that's right. And that because yeah, you're right. He would have known then. Yeah, good call. Good catch. Walt wants to know why Locke is there, and Locke says he wanted to make sure he was okay. Walt confirms he's pretty good, and then says he's got to go. Sky, how was school today? Fine. <laughs> Did you learn anything today? No. <laughs> and as he turns away, all as he turns away, all of a sudden a bird flies right into Locke's face. Uh, really? <laughs> he breaks his nose. He looks like fucking Fabio the rest of the episode. <laughs> Abaddon returns as Walt walks away. He says, I take it. You, you didn't invite him along. And Locke replies, 
Boy's been through enough. I mean, this is kind of interesting, right? Because Locke's on this mission to get back to the island, but he sees Walt, spares him that his father is dead, and then is, like, taking a chance at not getting back there by not even asking him to go and get on the plane, which I I he wasn't one of the six. Yeah, exactly. He had left the island way before anyway. Yeah. Oh, I guess... Well, I guess so. Oh, yeah. And he hasn't even seen Eloise Hawking yet because I I guess I was basing it on you have to recreate the conditions as much as possible. And, you know, we saw them like Hurley had Charlie's guitar and, you know, Saeed was in handcuffs or whatever. So the original flight, Walt would have been on it. So I always kind of thought he was sparing him. But if he hadn't. Talk, if Locke hadn't talked to Eloise Hawking, then he maybe hadn't even heard that recreate because Whitmore doesn't tell him that, right? I think I, I actually think this is one of those places where Locke has no ulterior motive. I think he really just wanted to see Walt. Okay, I agree. Yeah, because when, sure he, when he, he sees okay. him, he's smiling, and it's, it's it's such a genuine smile. He seems really really happy to see him. Yeah, that for feels sure. Like the point of the visit. You mean Walt looks really happy to see him? Locke does. Okay, I thought they both did actually. Like when, yeah, yeah when did. Walt turns around, the the look on his face when he spots him across the street is kind of yeah. like, you know, they were buddies. He was his friend. Yeah. You I know, was just Locke, gonna say they were buddies yeah. on the island. Yeah, so. yeah, they were they were buddies when he was a kid, and like Locke was the first one to really treat him like a a person on the island, yeah. as opposed to you know this kid, including his father, who didn't know what the fuck Jeez. was like going Whoa. on in. You know what I mean? So, I, yeah. I like Locke was sort of his safe place on the island, I think. Yep. And, um, yeah, I thought it was pretty genuine, the look on his face when he saw him. So, Abaddon points out that Locke is 0-2, and, and Locke says, I only need to convince one, and if I can do that, the rest will come. And maybe I was mistaken, but I thought you were my driver. Uh-huh. Damn. <laughs> the camera then pans to show Benjamin Linus on the other side of the street watching Jeremy Bentham. Uh oh. It all been. So now Creepy. we're gone to the West Coast. We're in Santa Rosa, California. Birds are chirping, and Hurley's outside the mental hospital, sitting at a table, painting a picture of a sphinx. Wearing a robe. So, you know. Yes. He's crazy. And he has to be in the I'm crazy robe. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't know he's crazy. Because all crazy people wear robes. Absolutely. So. That's the thing, isn't it? Locke approaches and says hello. Hurley, thinking he's a ghost, says, so you didn't make it, huh? It's I cool. No biggie. <laughs> I, yeah, I love it. Yeah. That's so fucking great. <laughs> You're not the first person to visit me, you know. But what's up with the wheelchair? Locke says he broke his leg falling down a hole, and Hurley wonders if that's how he died. <laughs> <laughs> Locke insists he's alive, but Hurley doesn't believe in believe him, and Hurley yells out, Hey, Susie, am I talking to a dude in a wheelchair right now? Susie replies, Yep. And then Hurley just freaks out. <laughs> Goes crazy. <laughs> Jumps like, out of his seat and backs away. He goes, he says, whoa, dude, what are you doing here? Locke <laughs> says that he needs Hurley to come back to the island with him, and they need to convince everyone else, too, as well. Hurley says, I'm sorry, dude. I don't think that's going to happen. Jack's a doctor now because he wasn't a doctor Jack before. Was the doctor I know. Before. I, know. <laughs> I guess he means a working doctor. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And son's like, got her baby, and Kate's got Aaron. Just then, Hurley... Notices Abaddon and tells Locke they're being watched. Locke says that Abaddon is with him, and it's okay. He's only the driver. 
I freaked out. Hurley replies, that dude is far from okay. When I first got locked up in here, he showed up claiming that he worked for Oceanic Air. He's evil. You should not be trusting that guy. And Locke begs Hurley to listen to him, but Hurley refuses. He plugs his ears and says, la, 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 la. <laughs> Locke tries one more time, but Hurley says, no, I'm not going anywhere with you. Go away. Bye. Get out of here. Wow. I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the hospital staff come over and usher Hurley away. Yeah, he's like, I'm ready to go inside. Yep. <laughs> it's wild how this mental hospital ha- is like, has their sort of outdoor area right by the street where people so just open walk access, up. Yeah. And wa- and, yeah, it's so weird. Like, you would think there shouldn't person. be access like that, I, but all right. Both in oh. and out. All the all the all right. the cops know by just look for anybody wearing a robe, and you just gotta yeah. take them back. <laughs> Those that's the crazy one. The dude. Signs around it say, "Don't pick up anybody in a bathrobe." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we have a federal prison near here, like off of I twenty, and there's a sign that says, "Do not pick up hitchhikers." Yep. Wow. A prison. Yeah. That's what I was referring yeah, to, same basically. Thing. Yep. <laughs> So back in the I car, didn't realize I, that they put signs around prisons. Oh that's, yeah, yep. that say don't I mean, pick up hitchhikers. Holy yeah. shit! So back in the car, Abaddon says that's three visits now. You may want to step up your game, Mister Locke, or we're all in serious trouble. I am. An, an annoyed Locke <laughs> asks exactly what <clears throat> it is that Abaddon does for Mister Widmore. Abaddon says you're ready to talk about it now, huh, John? You're not. You're not really going to pretend you don't remember. I was an orderly in the hospital right after your accident that I was the one who told you to go on your walkabout, the same walkabout that put you on the plane that crashed on the island. Locke says he remembers, and Abaddon continues, I help people get to where they need to get to, John. That's what I do for Mr. Widmore. Ooh. It kind of sounds like he's a weird angel. Yeah, like an entity or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is now the second time this is being mentioned this episode, but we will have more to come on Matthew Abaddon when we discuss character names at the end of the show. Um, And I think I've mentioned before, his is my favorite, where his name uh. comes from. It's pretty amazing. And so it will be um, answered a little bit more of like what exactly he does for Widmore. So now we're in Los Angeles and Locke is inside Kate's house house <laughs> she says the answer is no <laughs> you sickos i thought for a second you like lost uh, your place that was actually intentional i knew that i heard the pause hurts. and i knew immediately where that was going so yep. <laughs> and Into she the says vajayjay. the answer is no yeah <laughs> well i'm already oh, in uh, yep. just the tip oh just my god <laughs> Locke is pleading that she doesn't understand, but Kate says, no, you made yourself perfectly clear. Everyone on the island is going to die if I don't go back. And the answer is no. Wow. Locke wants, Locke wants to know why Kate doesn't care about the people on the island. And she says, I think about you sometimes. I think about how desperate you were to stay on that island. And then I realized it was all because you didn't love anybody. Whoa. Earn. Locke <laughs> replies, that's not true. I love someone once. Her name was Helen. Kate wants to know what happened, and Locke stutters out, it it it, it just didn't work out. Kate oh wants my. to know why, and Locke says it was due to him being angry and obsessed. Oh, I'm a stalker. Okay. <gasps> Kate looks at him and says, and look how far you've come. Savage. 
Savage. Yeah, that is that is pretty Ooh. savage. Right I hate that in she, the heart. Almost like makes him want yeah. to go hang himself or something. Seriously. <laughs> I hate that Wait. she thinks that the reason that he wanted to stay was because he didn't love anybody. It, because it's yeah. clearly that he just wants to belong to something. Yeah. yeah. You know? He really, truly believes that it is his destiny to be there and I will. We will talk more about that. I have more to say about that when we get to the like uh, the end and power rankings and stuff. When he so desperately wants to be special, yeah. Well, that's the thing, and that is why um, two two things. It's one of the things that's driving him, and it's the thing I think that all of us love about him. You know that the weak, pathetic lock just angers us, but the one yes. is like has that certainty about his destiny is the one that we're always like, yeah, you know. But the other thing is, his need to belong like that is the reason that he's so easily manipulated yes. by Widmore and Ben. We'll get to this later in the later scene, but who are both basically feeding him the same lines, the same yep. compliments mm-hmm. to try to control him. And um, it sort of reminds me of... It reminds me of Donald Trump in a way, how he's so easily manipulated by flattery. Like you just say, you say something nice to him and all of a sudden, you know, you're like the greatest person on earth, even if you're a dictator or whatever. Huge. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And and it sort of reminds me of that, which is like the unfortunate thing about Locke, because it's like that's the quality that we love so much about him also makes him so easily like a, a victim of manipulation, which is unfortunate. So Locke is exiting, not exiling Kate's house and Abaddon <laughs> gets out of the car. At, th- at this point, everyone's been running him down so much. I thought Abaddon got out and said, Hey wheels strike out again. Ooh. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, we call our, our governor hot wheels. <laughs> oh no. Yes, we do. Greg Abbott. That's a a gentle, gentle name for him. Oh, absolutely. Otherwise, you get. Do you see he's defying the Supreme Court right now? Of course, he defies everything, even common sense. (laughs) A bunch of Republican governors are backing him, and they're all like calling for civil war basically it's ridiculous. oh they've, been well, he's, for they've civil wanted war to secede for from yeah. for years but i know but it seems like it's ramping up right now oh absolutely it's, the maggots are all if calling it's years for gonna civil happen war. it's gonna be this fucking year yeah but we have we have a lot of guns here in texas yeah well because the, these fucking <laughs> lunatics want nothing more than to shoot liberals that's what they yeah. want to do because they're terribly confused and angry and Somehow, I only the shoot idea. someone who wants to shoot me. Shit, I'm not gonna go randomly shoot people, but I guess I'm not crazy either. So, it's very Christian of them, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, oh my god. All right, so, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so Locke wants to know if he's found Helen Norwood yet, and an apologetic Abaddon says, No, I didn't. I'm sorry. Three years is a long time. It's possible she got married, changed her name, maybe she moved out of state. And I thought the same thing as Locke. An anger lock replies, Bullshit. you found everyone else, all of them, sides in the middle of nowhere, but you can't find Helen because she moved. Your job is to get people where they need to get to. Well, I need to get to her. Well, and he was in the fucking Tunisian desert and they got him. Yeah. Right. So, well, yeah. 
I mean, Widmore was expecting him to too, come out know. of there, but, True, still, but still, I think I don't think I don't think Abaddon was telling the truth there. I'm sure they already had the research on Helen, and he sure. was trying to hide it and from him. Yeah, we find yeah. out where she is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all we need is you to go into more despair with everyone exactly. razzing you about being a failure. Let's just say the love of your life is dead too. So you yeah. might as well just off yourself now, buddy. Yeah, just well, stop at Home Depot, get that extension cord, and <laughs> there you go. I think so that's what they were, we're trying to avoid. Monica. Now we're in Santa Monica, thunders rumbling, and Locke and Abaddon are staring at a gravestone that reads, Helen Norwood, June 30th, 1957 to April 8th, 2006. Well, he found Oof. her. Locke says, what happened to her? And Abaddon tells him it was a brain aneurysm. And Locke says, she loved him. And if he could have, if he would have changed, they could have been together. And Abaddon points out, truthfully, that she'd still be gone. Yeah. Because it wouldn't change the aneurysm. He says, Helen is where she's supposed to be. Oof. As sad as it is, her path led here. And your path, no matter what you did or what you do, your path leads back to the island. Shwing! Sorry. It's yep, inappropriate to get boners at in a graveyard, I think. I had sex at a graveyard. Oh, that's right. You did, you yeah. dirty boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Locke replies, you say it's like it's all de- inevitable. What do you think he was going to say? Determined? Yep. Yeah, okay. Destiny determined? Yep. Abaddon yeah, replies. I, I think destiny. But then yeah. there would be an S. It would be D-E-S, not D-E-T. Uh, well, I get it. But if you, you stop in the middle of something, you're not going to go, Des- you, you just, you're going to say de- something. It's debt. Yeah, debt. That de- sounds like okay. D-T. Yeah. yeah. All right. Either way. Abaddon replies, Mr. Woodmore told me Richard Alpert said you were going to die. So you tell me, John, is that inevitable or is that a choice? Locke wonders if Abaddon thinks he wants to die and says, how could you possibly think that's a choice? Abaddon replies, hey, I'm just your driver. Oh, oh. clearly can be a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Moments later, Locke is back in the car and Abaddon is putting the wheelchair into the car when suddenly the window is splattered with blood. That was unexpected. Oh. Oh, Abaddon stumbles and another gunshot breaks the window. Locke turns around and screams, Matthew. And then he climbs into the driver's seat as Abaddon is hit with another gunshot and falls into the car. Locke starts the engine and drives away, leaving Abaddon's body as it drops to the ground with a thud because that's what bodies do. Yeah. Locke drives wildly out into the road, narrowly missing the car. He speeds down the street, running several red lights and then drives across an intersection into oncoming traffic. A car smashes into him, sending him spinning until he comes to a stop, and another car crashes into him again, and Locke lays in the car unconscious. That was that an was awesome a, accident. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty fun series there. Like, yes. I mean, Abaddon yeah. getting killed, obviously, is that sucks, but like the, yeah. the driving and all the, it was just really well sequenced. It was fun. It definitely sucks more that he's dead in real life now. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, so, what, a, what a loss. What a loss and lost. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. But anyways, awesome fucking accident. Good job, stunt guys. (laughs) Locke wakes in a hospital bed with Jack sitting in his bedside. Jack says, what are you doing here? You nice know what? To see you too, <laughs> asshole. I know. 
the look on Jack's face and the way that he says, what are you doing here? It's like, it's like if looks and tone could kill. <laughs> Terrible bedside manner. <laughs> right. When he's got the start of that fucking beard again. Yeah, oh, yes, you're right. He's on his, he's on his way to, to, to that. Yep. <laughs> Locke is confused as to how Jack found him, and Jack says, you're in a car accident, you're brought into my hospital. What are you and, doing here? And it's, I am the main admitting spinal surgeon of this hospital, so obviously <laughs> I see everybody who comes in. Right. <laughs> Whatever. Locke grunts a bit and says they have to go back. Jack laughs it off and says, of course we do. Locke is yeah. desperate and says, Jack, the people I left behind need our help. We're supposed to go back. An increasingly angered Jack replies, because it's our destiny. How many times oh are you going to say that to me, John? Oh, boy. Locke doesn't understand how Jack can't see its fate, especially after the fact that he could have ended up at any hospital, but he was at Jack's. Jack says the accident wasn't fate. It was probability. Locke says, you don't understand. It wasn't an accident. Someone is trying to kill me because they don't want me to succeed. They want to stop me. They don't want me to get back because I'm important. Oh, Oh, Jack has had enough and says, have you ever stopped to think that these delusions that you're special aren't real? Oh. Come on, Jack, you prick. <laughs> and maybe there's nothing important about you at all. Maybe you're just a lonely old man that crashed on an island. That's it. Goodbye, John. Ouch. Damn. Ouch. Absolutely. So, so, so you were at work. You took time off of work to sit there and wait for this guy to wake up so that you could tell him he's a loser. Right. A lonely old man. I yeah. mean, Jack this point, is still... Jack, Go ahead, Christy. At this point, Jack is the loser because... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, can, we can tell that he's already deepened his addiction. He's not with Kate anymore. You know, like, he's he's on the, the downslide, you know, very clearly, so... Yeah. Yeah, he's probably listening to InfoWars at this point. It's, it's not good. It's not looking good for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like... You got you got to give Jack a, a little bit of leeway here. I mean, it's pretty fucking nah. cruel what he said, but the basically like their last few interactions, he saw Locke murder somebody for no apparent reason, then try to shoot him except there weren't bullets in the gun. And you know what I mean? Like he's he's mad. He's still thinking like that they could have been off the island maybe earlier, maybe more people had Locke not been fucking with everything. All I don't know. Submarines. I mean, yeah, I it's I feel like it's the least that Jack can do to him is to just say something nasty, quite honestly. But still, that was pretty nasty. Like, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. So as Jack turns to leave the room, Locke says, your father says hello. Uh, and a very stunned Jack turns around and says, what? Locke replies, a man, the man who told me to move the island, the man who told me how to bring you all back. He said to tell his son hello. Couldn't have been Saeed's father, and it definitely wasn't <laughs> Hurley's, so that leaves what? you. He said his name was Christian. Whoa. Jack tells him that his father is dead, and Locke insists he didn't look dead to him. <laughs> <laughs> Jack says his father died in Australia three years ago, and he's still dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you'll be sure? surprised on that island. <laughs> 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 And even, an even more desperate, Locke says, Jack, please, you have to come back. You're the only one who can convince the rest of them. You have to help me. You're supposed to help me. Jack snaps uh -oh. and tells Locke that it's over. Just before closing the door behind him as he leaves, Jack says, it's done. We left and we were never in, we were never important. So you, Whoa. you leave me alone and you leave the rest of them alone. 
Holy shit. This is insane scene, like his last and best hope. But as we know, Locke is right. Jack is the one. He turns Jack, and then Jack is the one that drags everybody else back in, which sort of makes it weird that he didn't start with Jack, but that's fine. I think. (laughs) I think. Well, he seemed to go like, you know, because he was in the Dominican Republic. He just went up the East Coast and flew across. Well, I also think it's a little bit more powerful. Like, they wanted Jack to be the last one because it was his last hope. And also, um, you know, then we can jump right into the suicide scene where he yeah. writes Jack yep. the note. But yeah. So Locke is now in his hotel room and he writes on a piece of paper, Jack, I wish you would have believed me, JL, before folding it and putting it in his pocket. And this is like, I mean, for Charles Widmore's money, he stays in a crappy hotel. Right. <laughs> God, I mean, ugh. ceiling has a hole in it. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's <clears throat> true. What the hell? It's I like it should be like bag. a penthouse suite or yeah. something. Like what? Son was staying in. Saying, exactly. Saying that. If I'm going to hang myself, I want to hang myself at a place with a view. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm going to die in the Ritz. <laughs> yeah, man. So he throws Can I get a room with a view, please. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I am laughing really hard at that for a good <laughs> fucking reason. Um, Christy and I. Where were we? Uh, we were, it was actually in Seattle. This was, was before, my first visit to Seattle. That's right. Yeah. I was still living up on Whidbey Island at the time uh, at the Navy base, I think. Yeah. And <laughs> we went down to Seattle and, uh, checked into a hotel just for like a couple nights. And then did we go to Portland after that or Vancouver? Maybe I don't remember, but anyway, so it was like a cheap ass hotel a a days in or something like that and it was about what was it six floors i guess something like that something like that but it was right downtown so we're surrounded by giant high rises in this like six floor building and i think like we had already gotten like super fucking high (laughs) so we were oh yeah we were wasted (laughs) we were like wasted i think we'd had a couple drinks we were like waiting for it to get to three to four when you could check in uh at the hotel and we had just been in the city and so (laughs) we go to check in and there's this guy at the counter and he is just acting like weirdly pretentious about checking in (laughs) to this like days in and the way he's speaking to the the woman at the counter was just absurd and we're like looking back and forth at each other and then all of a sudden he goes can I get a room with a view? <laughs> and we just fucking busted out laughing right behind him. And we just lost it, had to walk back out of the building into the parking area because we were laughing so hard. I might have peed my pants. And it was just like, what the fuck are you? A view of what? <laughs> what yeah. And I think that, that was right after he had asked if the hotel had a pool. Oh, that's right. Ooh. Does the hotel have a pool? I mean, it's it's just sheet like, at the door at the front desk. It was unreal. It was just like the marmalade incident. Yeah, ben. that's what I was thinking. The marmalade thing. Yeah. Ben and, ben and I <laughs> went out to the Pacific Coast out on the peninsula here in Washington for his birthday one year. There's this little town called Ocean Shores. Also we, called, decided, we, we call it open sores. Actually. Or, yeah, I mean, it's Ooh. sort of like it's a, it's a little podunk beach town, basically. But we decided we were going to drive north and check out some more of the some more of the coastline. And what there we ain't drove, shit out there. There's nothing. Just there were FYI. no towns. There were just like random 
houses and trailer parks in the middle of nowhere and it just well, there was like, a dead dog in one of them that we drove into yeah like, like just a dead oof, dog lying in the, in the road yeah, and wow it was a little bit it was it was sort of depressing because it just was it like was. this poverty that made you feel bad if you have empathy so we decided we're like okay let's just turn back around we had passed some little restaurant podunk restaurant in the middle of nowhere like let's go in there and See if we can grab a bite to eat. Well, it turned out it was like the restaurant, also the post office, and also like where you got like fishing and hunting licenses. It was like all three in one giant room. It was so weird. It was weird. So we just, we're going to get some breakfast. I mean, this is clearly going to be, you know, it's not going to be gourmet. Very, food very or, rudimentary. Yeah, rudimentary stuff. So we ordered some eggs and bacon, and there was like a family at the table next to us, mom, dad, and I think a kid in a high chair or something. And they bring the family their food, and <laughs> obviously he has toast, and the guy just looks at the server and goes, do you have any marmalade? And Ben and I were like, <laughs> Marmalade? They don't even know what that is. He didn't. He, now, now, to be fair, he didn't say it like that. He didn't no, say, that's not how I heard you're just yeah. channeling the room with a view guy when you're doing yeah, this. But, that's the, true. But he but, did uh, ask for marmalade, and we both yeah, just started. We like, lost I, I'm it. Pretty sure marmalade. there were there were uh, chunks of bacon coming out of my nose. I was laughing so hard. Oh my god! Yeah, it was so <laughs> fucking funny because I just was like in my head, I was screaming. There's a dead dog outside. There's no fucking marmalade. Stop <laughs> <Right>. it! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I just Does got anybody- a text. I got a text from Donald Trump just now. What? Oh. How are you on that list? I don't know. Because for from Trump, are you voting for me again? I just won New Hampshire. And I have a few questions. The liars and the fake news love to say my supporters are abandoning me, but I know that this isn't true. Answer today if you're voting for Trump. No. Because it'll put yeah. me on their list. Yeah. yeah. Well, somehow you're on their list. How would they get your phone number? They could just be somehow blasting. I got on one for a while. I get a lot of spam around. ones too, like really? from politicians. Yeah. Just they yeah. probably just bought your number from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I got some and, Trump stuff for 2020. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Okay. Oh, shit. Shit. Oh, shit. You know me, I always send something back. I was like, "Fuck off and die." Oh, lovely. <laughs> you yeah. probably shouldn't say Sucks that, that to the bot, president. But, yeah, fuck them. Yeah. I'd say it to him. I don't care if he was the president or is. So back to this episode here. (laughs) So he throws the cell phone that Widmore gave him into the bin, which that sounds British. It does. And it stands with his crutches. He grabs a cable and ties it first to the radiator and then over a beam on the ceiling. He ties a noose, puts it over his head, and is moments away from killing himself when there's a knock at the door. What? Room service. Housekeeping. Would you think that 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 a, a extension cord like that doesn't feel like it has like it would bind up on itself, right? Like I feel like I don't know the I, orange I, ones. Mo- yeah, those things are generally. And it feels like they that they would bind up in such would a way that, that it might actually be hard. Yeah, would it matter if you were hanging? The noose though, wouldn't tighten it- though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The noose wouldn't tighten because all of the stress would go against the the material. That's true because it's rubber, up. so I don't think it's it rubberized. Would, yeah, yeah, too much friction. Yeah, too much friction. I guess I was thinking it wouldn't matter if you were just hanging there, that it would cut off the circulation enough that it didn't need to be like. Maybe, maybe it would, but I would be afraid that it wouldn't, 
it wouldn't, it, you couldn't cinch it enough for it to really close you out. And you just sit there and dangle huh. for like. Because normally when they like execute people by hanging it, they break their neck. Yeah, you drop right. them six it's feet. Instant. But you drop them six feet for right. that. But he was just stepping off the table. Asphyxiation, on the other hand. Yeah. Yeah, that is a thing. <sighs> so, again, there's another knock and then another knock at the door with a familiar voice calling, John, John. Just oh then, God. Benjamin fucking Linus bursts through the door and says, John, what are you doing? Uh, just checking out the ceiling here. <laughs> don't, mind, don't mind the noose. It was like, I was about to beat off, but thanks yeah. for jumping in here. Yeah, his, pants were, his pants were down. <laughs> oh, my God. Locke is in shock and wants to know how he found him. Ben says, I have a man watching Saeed. I'm watching all of them, keeping them safe. Oh boy! Uh-huh. A lot of people keeping them safe. Wow! Yeah, they are. A lot of people Very dying protected. for people being kept safe. Yeah, no too, shit. Yeah. <laughs> mm. When you turned up, he called me. Locke is very upset, and Ben is trying to calm him down. Locke demands, "What do you want from me?" Ben says, "I'm trying to protect you." Uh huh. Locke is buying and accuses him of murdering Abaddon, and Ben admits it and says it was only a matter of time before Abaddon killed Locke, anyways, because he's working for Whitmore and is very dangerous. Locke says that Widmore saved him, and Ben replies, no, John, he used you. He waited till you showed up so that you could help him get to the island. Charles Widmore's the reason I moved the island. Oh. Oh, boy. So he could never find it again. Boy, I'd be so confused if I was Locke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All these people tell me how important I am. Yeah. But my friends tell me I'm a loser. To keep him oh, away. That's so actually that you could- an interesting point. You're right. Like, Right now, just in sequence, every single person, well, first he sees Charles Widmore, tells him he's special, then everyone he goes to see tells him he's a loser, and then Ben Linus shows up telling him that he's special again. Yeah, the bad guys are telling him he's special, and the good guys, because the good guys are saying he's a loser. Uh, So you think you're trying to manipulate him. Right. Yeah. So you think they're both bad guys, no matter what? There's no, if if they're in a war, that there's no good side there? I think they're opposing sides, but I don't think, I don't know. Right now, I don't think Charles Widmore is as bad as I did. That's why he's not, you know, I'm not killing him or, well, we'll get to that later. But yeah, yeah. no, I don't think. Well, that was what, if you remember, that was what I predicted. I said in season five, I I wonder, you know, if people's opinions of Charles Widmore are going to change. And so uh, that doesn't surprise me that you're feeling that way. Um, But I guess, you know. As opposing sides, they could both be bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Soviets did fight the Germans, and they were both bad, so, yeah. Yeah. We'll find out more about who's bad, who's not. Yep. Bad. You can't do this. If anything happens to you, John, you have no idea how important you are. Let me help you. Locke wow. thinks there's no helping him because he's a failure. Ben is trying to reassure him that he's not, but Locke says, I am. I couldn't get any of them. I couldn't get a single one of them to come back with me. I can't lead anyone. Poor Locke. Ben replies, Jack's booked a ticket, a plane ticket from Los Angeles to Sydney tonight. Return trip first thing in the morning. So John says, all right, here, put this around my neck, put my pants down. Let's take care of this. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you said to him, John, it worked. And if you got Jack, you can get the rest of them, John. You can't die. You've got too much work to do. We've got to get you back to that island so you can do it. Ben wow. unties He's like, the I cable. haven't gotten Jack. I was about to get Jack when you ran in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness Come gracious. on, tie me off and let me finish. Yeah. Oh. 
Ben unties the cable and begs Locke to come down. Locke begins to cry, and Ben says he knows they can do this. He suggests that Locke goes to see Sun. Locke says he can't because he promised Jen. And a surprise, Ben says, Jen is alive? And Locke replies, yeah, but he doesn't want her to know. He wanted me to tell her that his body washed up on the beach, and he gave me his wedding ring to prove it. Oh, my God. So Ben knew the entire time what the oh, yeah. ring was for and deliberately used it <laughs> for the opposite. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's great. Ben agrees that a promise is a promise while a crying lock removes the noose from his neck. He thanks Ben, who's comforting him, saying he knows they can do this. Ben is gathering the cable and says, once we get them all in the same place, I don't know where we go from there, but we'll figure something out. Locke says he knows where to go. There's this woman named Eloise Hawking in Los Angeles that can help them. And Uh-oh. Ben's eyes just go, uh? <laughs> Wrong words. Wrong words. Seriously. <laughs> that's, bugging not, out. that's not the safe word, uh, Locke. <laughs> no. So Ben is shocked that Locke has her name and Locke notices. He says, do you know her? Ben says, yes, John, I know her. And then he quickly wraps the cable around Jock's jocks <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, yeah this is what happens when you got dick on the mind <laughs> <laughs> around Locke's neck pulling it tight causing Locke to fall out of his wheelchair Locke struggles but Ben is stronger and squeezes Locke's neck until his body goes limp well most of his body <laughs> exactly he takes his last breath <laughs> Be amazing. He's sitting there. He's he's sitting there. He chokes him out, and when he's done, he's sitting there, and he just sees a giant bulge, and he's like, "Jesus, John!" <laughs> <laughs> and he takes his last breath, and Locke is dead. Holy Man. shit! What did yep. you think of this scene, Derek? That came out of nowhere, but I know it has something to do with Eloise Hawking because that triggered oh, yeah. triggered yeah. Ben to kill him. Yeah. So. I- I wonder. I don't do you know think if he, he was intending to kill him before that. I don't. Think it did he not was. appear that way because no. otherwise, why not just let him hang himself if you want him dead? It was something right. about the name Eloise Hawking that he went, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Maybe like, mm. "Oh fuck!" He has too much information. I can't mm-hmm. control him. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wonder if that that could be it. Yeah, because now he has to haul his body back up there and hang it. Yeah, so which, out. by the way, is fucking impossible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dead weight dead is weight, a real yeah. thing. Literally I dead have, weight. Yeah. yeah, I've had to pick up and carry many dead animals after euthanasia, and it's, like, surprising how heavy 60 pounds feels, let alone, like, an entirely full-grown man. So a shadow of a hanging body projects on the wall, and Ben finishes wiping down the apartment, picks up Jen's wedding ring from the table, and puts it in his pocket. Just before leaving, he says, I'll miss you, John. I really will. I believe him. I do, too. Yeah, I actually yeah. did believe that. Yeah. As Ben leaves, the camera pans and shows Locke's body hanging from the ceiling with the suicide Locke's note. been a fun toy for Ben. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> You're not so wrong about that. <laughs> back on Hydra Island in 2007, <clears throat> Locke walks oh, through the door. The other thing. Sorry, Derek. The oh, other yeah. thing. Yes, agreed, Chrissy. He's been a toy for Ben. But I do also think that Ben has some bit of respect. Maybe is the right word for the way that Locke loves the island and wants to protect the island. And because that seems to be Ben's overarching, you know, 
existence as well. He told him to lead the others. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, he might miss him in that way too, because, you know, Locke is an other, according to Jacob, right? Yeah. Whoever that is. Who? (laughs) We'll get there. End of the season. So back on Hydra Island, Locke walks to the door of an office and sees Caesar reading files at a desk. He says, that symbol, it belongs to an organization called the Dharma Initiative. They were conducting some experiments here a while back. Caesar questions how Locke knows this, and Locke says he spent 100 days on the island and knows a lot. Caesar wants to know if Locke was already here when they crashed, and Locke says no, that he left. When Caesar questions how long ago Locke left, Locke sighs and says, the timing would just confuse you. Yeah. That imaginary time again. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> Caesar wants to know how Locke got back, and Locke says, to be honest, that part's a bit of a mystery to me. Caesar says, okay, John Locke, I have a mystery too. Maybe you can help me with it. On the plane, I was sitting across the aisle with that really big guy with curly hair. Said dude all the time. <laughs> <laughs> when the plane started shaking, really shaking, there was a big noise and a bright light, and this really big guy with curly hair was gone, man. I mean, literally gone. And it wasn't always him. It wasn't only him. Some of us saw it happen to other people, too. So, Mr. John Locke, do you have an idea about what happened? Locke says he thinks he might know how he came to be there, but he needs to find his friends for sure. He asks for a passenger list, but Caesar says the pilot took it when he ran off. Locke wants to know if everyone has been accounted for other than the ones who disappeared. And Caesar says, yeah, yeah, except for the people who got hurt. So, wow, nobody died. Crazy. Yeah, well, it looks like they had a very very soft landing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thanks, Lapidus! Hell yeah. They had an awesome pilot. Probably an Airbus. Yeah. (laughs) A Boeing, whenever that uh, turbulence whole thing would just come apart midair. Yeah, seriously, missing bolts all over the place. So Locke and Caesar are now walking in a room where the wounded lay in cots. Locke stops and stares at one of the beds, and Caesar asks if Locke knows the man. As Locke looks down at an unconscious Benjamin Linus, he says, he's the man who killed me. Uh, what? what? Boom. <laughs> Lost title screen, end of episode. Ooh, wow. It's a big one. Yep. That's what mm-hmm. she said. <laughs> Before we continue talking about that, would you like some fun facts? Sure. When Locke goes to visit Hurley... In this episode, Hurley is doing a watercolor, it looks like, of a sphinx, the sphinx. So today's fun facts are on the Egyptian sphinx, which is estimated to be as old as 4,500 years. It is one of the only surviving seven wonders of the ancient world. And it's located in the Giza Plateau in the West Bank of the Nile, around half an hour west of Cairo. Has, I guess, well, I was going to say, has anybody been there? But I know Christy and Ben haven't. Derek, have you ever nope. been to Egypt? Okay. Would like to I go, would, but. I, yeah, I think it would be, it would be cool to, to I see do that. not want to go there. You, not why? why? It would be cool to see the, the Sphinx and the pyramids, but. Um, from what I understand, it's a country that's not terribly friendly to women, especially Western women. Oh, Egypt. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you'd have to you'd probably need to have a guide and make sure that you stay to local customs. I think out of a, a, a lot of countries that 
would have that reputation. I thought Egypt would be one of the better ones to go to, but I'm not claiming that I know that for a fact. Probably if you stay in a touristy areas like the pyramids, you'd be fine. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Or if you in if you had like a guide, like you were on a specific yeah. tour or something. But all right, back to fun facts. At 240 feet high and 240 feet long, the Sphinx is the largest surviving statue from the ancient world. According Aliens. to some estimates, what did you say? Aliens. 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 <laughs> yeah, Alien, indeed. Clearly. Yeah. According to some estimates, it took about three years for 100 workers using stone hammers and copper chisels to finish the statue, which sounds crazy. That's that impressive, it was only. Though. Yeah, a hundred workers. Way back yeah. then, rudimentary tools. Yeah, so the interesting thing, apparently these hundred workers carved the statue from one single piece of limestone left over in the quarry uh, used to build the pyramids. So it's like an extra piece of the pyramid. But that might explain why it only took three years, right? Because limestone's pretty soft. Yeah. That would be, yeah. Right. That would be that would be easier. Um, the front paws of the Sphinx were actually built from separate blocks of limestone as well. Um, once upon a time, the Great Sphinx was painted a primary color palette of red, blue, and yellow, and you can still see the residual red paint on one of its ears. And that must have looked cool—a giant painted statue in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Yeah. So one of its most distinguishing features beyond its size is its lack of a nose. At one stage, the face would have sported a one-meter-long nose. The long-pervading myth is that Napoleon's troops shot it off with a cannon when they invaded Egypt in 1798, and apparently that is depicted in the new film that is out, and the Egyptians are pissed about it. Because that theory has been discredited thanks to a series of 18th century drawings which suggested he had been without a nose for quite some time. It's likely that the nose was cleaved off around 300 years before Napoleon showed up, um, potentially by a Sufi Muslim during a protest. What movie? Uh, Is it called Napoleon? Napoleon? I think it's called Napoleon. Yeah. Um, but it has a really famous director who is escaping me right now. Yeah, it says it came out. Best Napoleon, I yeah, saw Ridley was, Scott, uh, Bill and Ted's. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's really funny because <laughs> this is Ridley Scott. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess they 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 put that in the film, and uh, it pissed off the Egyptians because mm. um, I guess they don't like thinking you know a European came in and did this when it was not. Um. Right. The Sphinx also used to have a beard, um, but has lost most of it to uh, erosion. You can see a remnant of the beard, <laughs> funny, at the British Museum and the Museum of Egyptian Antiquities in Cairo. And that also will explain why they don't like the uh, <laughs> theory that it was a white person, since it's the white people that are holding their artifacts <laughs> in a museum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Last fact, one of the most peculiar aspects of the Sphinx is its out-of-proportion head. Some researchers support the theory that the Sphinx has actually been recarved several times by different pharaohs since it was first created to keep up with the fashionable aesthetics. Some even claim the original head might have been a ram or a hawk. 
And by its unusual or out-of-proportion head, what I should say is it's tiny. It's small compared to the rest of the body, which is why they think it's been carved multiple times, and that's why it keeps getting smaller. Make sense? Yeah. Yep. All right, that's the Sphinx. Shall we do so some all, best so all those pharaohs, they all really just wanted a little head, right? Oh! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> ben, give us your mm-hmm. best and worst moments from this episode. Uh, my favorite moments were when Locke went to see Walt and just kind of the look on Walt and Locke's face when they saw each other. Yeah. It was that was really sweet. Um, I also liked the uh, the scene with Hurley thinking that uh, that Locke was a ghost and then only freaking out when he realized that he was alive. That was yeah, uh, so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, ghost least... doesn't bother him at all. It's the live yeah. Locke that's scary. <laughs> yeah. My my least favorite scenes were uh, were. One, Ben killing Locke, obviously. Then my second one was Ben killing Abaddon. And the third one, while we didn't see it, I'm guessing Ben killed Helen as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, you know, you're not buying it was an aneurysm. <laughs> no, no, it was, a ben, right. it was a benurism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Derek, what about you? Best and worst moment. And my best moment was the Hurley scene. It was just funny, just how he freaked out, acted like he was crazy. Oh, wait, he was crazy. Wearing a robe. I was <laughs> yeah, wearing a robe. robe. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. robe. He has to be, yeah. <laughs> and the worst moment was when Ben Linus killed Locke after helping him off the rope and telling him all that bullshit. All right. Yeah, I had both kind of honorable mention best moments. Uh, the conversation with Locke and Walt and the conversation with Locke and Hurley. I think they were both just like so perfect, but... For me, again, it's just one quote as the best moment, which is, my name is John Locke, because, what? What? (laughs) Love it. I remember flipping out when this first aired, because I was just so happy that that he was back. Locke had always been one of my favorites, so I thought that was great. A lot of dead people coming back from the dead in season five And it's funny, the actor who plays Locke is going to be in a new Walking Dead series. No shit. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Kind of Do you know anything about like the premise of the spinoff other than the Walking Dead universe? No, I've kind of faded away from the Walking Dead. It's gotten redundant. I know. I know. Yeah. It it did get redundant, but I don't know. Maybe I, mean, John I loved Locke it in the beginning for years. I watched back. it religiously. Yeah. yeah. The first the yeah. first few seasons were pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, about five, five to six seasons is a, is about where I've left off every time. I've he's gonna be, yeah, me too. He's gonna be portraying yeah. a major general, so Interesting. Oh. So like Locke in episode four of season one. Wasn't he he (laughs) a colonel then, wasn't he? Or something like that. All right, cool. Um my worst moment was the setting of Locke's leg because it legit like brought back memories of pain for me. Um so I absolutely hated that. Christy, what about you? Um, so for me the best moments were three uh hit locks visits to saeed walton hurley um oh yeah I, was, the one with saeed was pretty good yeah. too yeah no, he yeah. just it like was a saeed sweet. was oily <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was super sweet the way he was talking about the time that he got to spend with nadia yeah um uh, walt's face when he saw Locke was yep. priceless yep um and when hurley realized that Locke was real was fucking hilarious yeah um for me the worst moment was finding out that Helen died from a brain aneurysm. Oh, 
Oh, um, hey, oof, because yeah. you related to that, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Especially hard for me for obvious reasons. Um, mm-hmm. I cried when I was watching it last night. I cried like I had tears in my eyes when we were going over it. Um, and then when you were talking about the end um, where Ben or sorry, when Locke was thinking that maybe Helen would still be alive. Yeah. If he was here and, you know, like it's a brain aneurysm, but maybe Locke would have been paying attention to her having a headache for a long yeah, time. Yeah. Or, you oh, know, the there, there's symptoms, so many. Yeah. Exactly. Or it, maybe it if Locke had. Yeah. Maybe if Locke had behaved, her blood pressure wouldn't have been bad. Mm, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> could have led to an aneurysm. Um, yeah, that's true. And God, I mean, I would have been, that would have been me standing at the grave with your husband, both in total fucking shock after you had dropped dead from an aneurysm. I know we've talked about this many times, but quick reminder, Christy got a routine uh, MRI for MS and they incidentally discovered an aneurysm that would have killed her in less than three years had (sighs) they not found that. And she had brain surgery and she's alive. And so, yeah, I would have very much been standing probably at your grave just in total shock and despair um, had you not had that. Yep. Yeah, life is weird it's been sometimes. almost eight years. I know. And every year Facebook sends me the reminder of when I came to visit you after brain surgery. And I went there thinking that she was going to be some sort of fucking invalid and I was going to have to like <laughs> feed her and carry her to the bathroom because I don't know what the hell brain surgery is yeah, like. Anything and I, think about, I think the same thing with brain surgery is like very yeah. major, but it, yeah, I had no it, idea. Right. No, 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 we didn't know. And so that's, I was coming and I was going to take care of her. And then I got there and like three days later, she was like, let's go to brunch and get mimosas. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And there's a picture of us taking a selfie of us out uh, right after we had brunch and mimosas three days after she had fucking brain surgery. No, well, three days after my, you'd been home from brain surgery. Right. It was like a week. Yeah, or ten my days. My friend Shannon had had brain surgery a few months before I did. Uh, more than a few months before I did, but relatively same time frame. Yeah. Um, same, same brain surgeon. Um, and she did not bounce back as quickly as I did. She had to go into a rehab facility. Wow, um, see, that's what I was expecting. Where road. Yeah. Yeah, she's had to go through multiple additional surgeries because she basically has permanent nerve damage. She has to wear glasses now. Like Jesus. she's she's doing pretty well considering. Um Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, this I, bitch here though was drinking mimosas a week after she had <laughs> fucking brain surgery. And that picture comes up every year on the Facebook memories. And I remember that being like, that was so what you just you were just like, Yeah, I had brain surgery. What about it? <laughs> and I had a comb to, over. You did have a comb over. <laughs> oh, so All right. great. Wow. I don't know where we were. We just finished best moments, right? Ben. Uh, yes. All right. No, Ben did his. Yeah, I started I with mine. him. Yeah, I, I did. started. Oh, Christy, just keep going. Give us your rankings. So at the bottom of the bottom, I have Jack because he was being really, really brutal with Locke. Um, All right. Second is Charles Widmore, and the worst of the worst is Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, at the top, uh, third from the top is Lapidus. I know he wasn't in the episode, <laughs> um, but he clearly did a great job landing that fucking plane. Yeah, um, oh, shit. And then he 
took somebody to the other island on an outrigger. Right. Um, so next up, I have Saeed, just because, like I said, he was so sweet the way he was talking about his time with Nadia. Um, and then in the top, I have Locke. He wow. really did try to do his best, not only for the island, but for the people on the island. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to fuck Saeed and I'm going to kill Ben. Surprise. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, big surprise. Ben, how about yours? What did, what did you have this week? Um, I did not have a third worst, um, but I did. In second worst, I had Jack for the same reasons. He basically just waited around to tell Locke that he was this loser, that he wasn't special. It just seemed unnecessarily kind of cruel. Wow. Um, All right. This is this is going to be surprising, but I, for my worst, I do have Ben Linus. <laughs> what? Uh, what? I love it when he's scheming. I love it when he's when he's being, you know, when he's being him. But when he's just straight up killing people left and right, it's just not, it's, you know, it ceases to be fun at that point. I if he schemes ben, to kill them, yes. I but, think yeah. Ben would say he wasn't, it wasn't random that he was doing it for the island, but fine. Sure, of course. <laughs> um, in third place, I've actually got Charles Widmore. Oh, um, to see you know a different side of him now i don't know who's third lying place in this the case top, obviously yeah third place yeah. at the top i don't really know who's lying in this case but um it sort of feels like it's a it's a power structure that goes beyond any of the people that are caught up in it um second place i've got saeed you know doing his thing doing his uh building houses and all that type of stuff just uh give him back like to a the habitat world. for humanity kind yeah, of that's what it looks exactly. like yeah exactly um, and I've Good got for him. He's he's gone to torturing boards instead of go. people. <laughs> yes. And I appreciate that too. I've got Bro. Locke in the top spot. Um, oh, I, two for I don't Locke. have. Yeah, I don't. I'm not killing anyone, but I am going to. Uh, I'm going to fuck Alana. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, she's cute. She's hot. Yeah, I like that curly hair. The dark curly hair. Something about that gets me every time. Um, Derek, what about yours? I don't have a third worst, but my second worst is Jack for just being a jerk to lock about him and telling him he's not important, drove him to hang himself. You and Ben both. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is going to surprise y'all and make Christy happy. But my number one is Ben Linus. Oh, this is fucked up. Yeah, I've turned him. I've turned both against him. Well, again, both the same thing like Ben, just random killing. I mean, he was helping him not kill himself. And all of a sudden he decides to kill him. Okay, well, something I'm going gonna, gonna to argue with you in a minute. Okay. That's fine. I think his Ooh. neck snapped. That's what's snapping. Yeah, a lot of things snapping. <laughs> his leg, his neck. Pants. Yeah, his, his zipper just <laughs> snaps on his pants. <laughs> Boing! <laughs> There's your jack-in-the-box. <laughs> so third best was Saeed, because, you know, of the ones he tried to, you know, convince, he was the nicest, and also liked the, you know, what he said about his wife. You know, the best of time in the top. Good for mm-hmm. you, buddy. Second best is Hurley because I just liked his reactions to Locke being alive. Yeah. <laughs> and my best is Locke because he tried That's so free. hard. Yep. He tried so hard to convince him to go back to save the island and the people. Wow. Is and Locke going to sweep? And I'm going to fuck Ilana and I'm going to kill Ben Linus. I'm going to oh. put him up there on the extension cord. Yeah. Double whammy from Derek. God damn. Yep. All right. I only had one in the bottom and I and I put him the third worst 
And I left second and first open, and that was Caesar, because I am suspicious of this man. First, he hides a gun from Ilana, and then Walt talks about his dreams and the people like wanting to hurt him. And uh, something's up with Caesar, mm. and I Agreed. do not trust him. Yeah. Um, yep. He was not but, cast with it. With, they, they didn't look at his face and say, hey, let's let's cast somebody that people are going to trust. Right. Right. I mean, there's true. There's something, there's You're right. About like, I, mean, I was, I was a little yeah. suspicious of him when he, you know, told Jack what he did at the. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. See, I, yeah. I, I thought I was that like, hmm, why so, does he care so much? Yeah. And, and as we know, um, you know, there are forces that send people to this island to do their bidding. And I'm just kind of worried that Caesar is on that was on that plane because he knew it was going to the island. Um, and, but I don't have evidence yet, so I still just put him third worst. Um, all right. In the the best, um, there is a theme to my best. I have third best, Benjamin Linus, second what? best, Charles Widmore, best, Locke. And the reason that they're all up Sweet. there is because... Yes, you're right. Locke I did know Locke it. was going to sweep because I knew my own vote. So yay for Locke. <laughs> um but uh uh, the reason all three of them are in the top for me is because in their own way and i may not agree with their ways or be on their side but in their own way they're all trying to do what's best for the island or what they think is best for the island and by this part in the show i'm bought and i'm sold on the island it's magic it's special it needs to be protected at all costs and at this point, I think in watching, I'm not super concerned which one of them is right and which one of them is going to save the island because I don't know that yet. And all I can base it off of is that that appears to be each of their intentions. And I like that. Now, the reason Benjamin Linus ended up in third is because he did strangle Locke, which annoys me a little bit. However... He didn't end up in my bottom because really, in a way, there was no harm, no foul. Because had he not walked in, Locke was going to kill himself anyways. That's um, yeah. uh. And this, uh, yeah, and this moment at least lets us, like, puts this idea in our head, like, wow, why didn't, what, what was the mention of Eloise Hawking's name that did that to Ben? Triggered so the him, yeah. scene, you know, it gives me that, like, exciting yeah. Uh, a bit of information too. And so that's why I kept him in the top and I am the only one who is right now. Well, you were right. until you said the last word. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have another threesome and this time it's going to be with Matthew Abaddon and Saeed because like literally how hot would that be? Um, And I'm going to kill Jack's beard again. I wasn't as mad as Jack at the rest of you um, because I did think he probably felt justified in throwing a few barbs after Locke, you know, literally pulled a gun. Well, he did, yes, but he just went <laughs> yeah, on and on and ultimately, on. Ultimately, it was yeah. what he said to Locke that made Locke want to go fucking hang himself. Yeah, which, as yeah. we know, he had to be dead to get back. So, yeah. yeah. So Jack helped him on his way. Yeah, but but you're right, um, Chrissy. He did have that scraggly-ass beard starting to come in, so I'm mad about <laughs> that, at least. All right. Ben... Please update us on what the rankings are after season five, episode seven. Did Locke get enough points to knock King Daniel Faraday off the top? 
Well, in third place from the bo- third from the bottom, the, I guess we're, we're not oh, naming no. this character anymore. Oh no, um, it's Aaron still, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Negative twenty three points. No it. change there. Froger still in second place with negative twenty nine points. And oh, Froger. Charles Widmore moved from negative thirty two to negative thirty one points. So oh, there was oh, some some up up and down, but he sort of it was sort of a wash. Uh-huh. Um, at the at the top, we've got Sawyer falling into third place with thirty seven points. Locke jumping into second place with oh. forty nine points, and wow. Dan Faraday still edging still. him out with fifty three points. Mm. Wow! But it's close. It's a close uh, yeah, race third. with those two. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Sawyer, been although, each week. yeah, Sawyer's dropped uh, to third with thirty seven points. But next week's a Sawyer episode. So. No. <laughs> This was the first time in the series that Sawyer didn't appear in two episodes in a row. Oh, oh. these last two episodes six and yep. seven. Okay, yep. well, episode eight is all about him, and it is such a good one. But we're still on this episode, so um, shall we do uh, some final impressions? Yes. All right, Christy, let's start with you. <clears throat> I really liked this episode a lot. Um, Finding out what happened to Locke after he spun the Wheel of Fortune. Um, And, you know, like what he did (laughs) when he got off the island was pretty cool. Um, And it was especially nice to see Walt again. So I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, Ben, how about you? Um, Yeah, I really liked this episode. It was it was interesting because I think um, John doesn't have a really strong self-image. Right. He needs, yeah. There's got to be like sort of like consistent validation for him to actually get out of that, that those feelings of, of being, you know, uh, being a loser or whatever. So him going on this special mission, you know, being sent yeah. by the higher, the, by the, you know, the, the powers of the island to go back to the place to bring the people that he's trying to, you know, to that are going to save the island, all to have them for the most part, other than Saeed. And Hurley, they didn't really do this, but the other ones basically um, said to him all of the things that he felt about himself, right? Oh, oh, yeah, that's Kate a was good. pretty brutal yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Like they're just reinforcing everything yeah. he hates about himself. And then the other two are just blowing black smoke up his ass. <laughs> yeah. So so he go he goes into this, you know, kind of hard charging into it, but immediately he starts ca- encountering that friction and so much so that, you know, by day 3 or whatever, he's fucking ha- trying to hang himself in a hotel room. Um so it it again shows that while he is capable of doing great things, he's also very m- malleable, easy to be manipulated because he has this kind of hole in him that nothing really seems to fill other than the island. And even that sort of, uh, well, it's been fucking sort of chaotic. With him. <laughs> it, it's sort of chaotic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was a really good episode. Um, the thing that I keep thinking about is like, what about hearing the name Eloise Hawking set Ben off? You know? Yeah. Like yeah. That was exactly. That was a really interesting because even then he's like, "Yes, I know her, John." You could hear the venom in his voice immediately. Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. some sort of envy or jealousy or something going on there. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, shit. It may be as simple as she's the she's the I know she's the one that's gonna the way that um that we're gonna get back. And as long as I know that, I've got leverage over everyone else. It may be that Absolutely. simple, but right. my guess is that there's something else going on there. 
Yeah, and and I think you're right about that. And it's more, it's it's like, uh, if he has Eloise's name, then that renders me obsolete. Yes. Right, like, because that's all he has. He wasn't one of the originals. He's not right. part of this, you know, you have to recreate everything. Yep. Um, you know, he, the, the only power he has is that, is, is, is her. And, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I thought that meant when he just heard his name. It was like, oh, fuck, he, he knows too much. Yeah. All right. For me, I also um, thought this was one of the best episodes of this season so far. Um, I love how we get to, you know, live through everything with Locke that we basically already know happened, you know, and we've been hearing it since, what, the end of season four, I suppose, right? When it started with um, the flash forwards, or end of season three, sorry, when it started the, like, flash forwards of uh, season, the, the season four, like, we've been hearing about Jeremy Bentham being dead yep. and now we get to see, you know, exactly what happened. So I love that part of the episode. Um, I love the twist, honestly, when Ben kills him because it just opens more questions and like, holy shit. I love that Charles Widmore might not seem like so much of a villain anymore. Uh, there's that sort of open question now too. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just obviously locks back from the dead. Holy fuck. And it just sort of blows this season wide open. Like, okay, they're back. Locks alive. What happens now? <laughs> uh, le definitely leaves me wanting more. Um, Derek, what did you think of the life and death of Jeremy Bentham? And uh, did it open any questions for you? Yeah, I thought it was a really good episode. <clears throat> um, Locke, you know, he tries to convince the, them to go back and looks like it didn't work on any of them, except for maybe Jack. You know, he took, flew to Australia. Um, but Charles Widmore, yeah, that's interesting. Um, he doesn't yeah. seem to be as bad of a bad guy, at least right now to me, as he was in the beginning. More neutral towards him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but he did help Locke try to convince the others, but for what reason? So some of my questions are, why did Ben kill Locke? You know, what did saying Eloise Hawking do to trigger him to all of a sudden just kill him? Right. And why is Charles Widmore helping Locke? Yeah. Um, well, what what did you think about when he said there's a war coming? Do you think who, who's exactly, the war? Yeah, what war? Yeah, what's right. this war? <laughs> who are the combatants, you know? Uh, well, I mean, it seems like right now it's like Widmore versus Ben, but yeah. you don't know. It does. Um, it does seem like Widmore versus Ben, but we still have this like elusive Jacob character, don't yes. we? Yes, we do. Um, so maybe he has something to do with the war. I guess we're going to have to wait to the end of season five to find that out because <laughs> next week it is going to be valentine's day february 14th and we're back with oh my goodness a very romantic episode <laughs> it's called le fleur it's a sawyer episode and you know him you love him you're glad that he's back it's gonna be a dave episode we're happy about that join all five of us next week we find out where the other survivors landed in time and get a love story for the ages, like one you haven't seen since 
Desmond and Penny. I'm so excited for this episode. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Lost in My 40s is a Space Bear Media production. Executive produced and edited by me, Lacey J. Sound engineering, editing, and original music by Benjamin Tramp. Like and follow Lost in My 40s on Facebook and Space Bear underscore media on Instagram and threads. Plus, follow Space Bear Media on YouTube for extra video content. Or for everything in one place, go to spacebearmedia.com.